Welcome inside the Legends Lounge, where baseball VIPs are hanging out and talking about their life in the game. Oh, this week, the lounge is dedicated to ALS with ALS Day on June 2nd, this pod being released on June the 1st. And we have two guests to help tell the story of what is just a debilitating disease and a big part of Major League Baseball and initiatives from players in the league and one of the greatest to ever play the game, unfortunately suffered from this disease. Yes, sir. And that would be Lou Gehrig. So it really is a difficult episode, but um, hopefully we're going to bring some some light to ALS, just as MLB uh, with it, you know, doing this last year. Now that's going to be the second year having the the, the site, uh, shall we say, Scotty B, to to kind of move on this and, and give it more awareness. Obviously, for our show here, we're going to give it great awareness because none other than than Jim Poole, a guy that uh, played in the big leagues, a contemporary of mine, and also a guy that I, I've worked with as a, as the chairman of, of uh, Major League Baseball marketing alumni, and um, and I being the co-chair there. So this is going to be a tough one, but we're also going to have, uh, you know, celebrate him and, and also, you know, another surprise in Kurt Schilling and, and what he's done uh, in this venue. Yeah, oh, and for Kurt, I mean, he gripped this initiative really early on and it was a big part of his major league life and his contributions to making sure that the awareness was as high as possible and he did so on the grandest stage so we'll get into that with kurt let's start with the great wonderful human being jim pool Eleven seasons pitching in the bigs, over four hundred appearances, which includes a sparkling two four five career postseason ERA, little World Series appearance in nineteen ninety five with Cleveland. He's a lefty like me, which I love. Jim Poole is a wonderful human being, an inspiration. He was diagnosed with ALS, which is also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, last year. And Jim's a fighter. Also, I don't want to leave this out. Jim is chairman of the board of Major League Alumni Marketing a role that he currently holds. So there's a lot of tie-ins here. Jim, great to chat. We really appreciate the time. And how are you feeling? Uh, thanks. I appreciate having me. I'm, I'm doing well. I, uh, I got my power wheelchair. It gets me around quicker than any, any way I could do it when I was playing. I tell you, Jimmy, um, thank you so much for coming on, bro. I love you. You know that uh, we, we connected, you know, we from the same era, so to speak, uh, of, of playing days back in the eighties and into the nineties. And, and uh, I loved your career, especially, you know, garnering that, that 95 world series had to be something very special, but um, listen, um, as far as what's going on now for you and how this has been, and then the fact that MLB has come about to do something just, I think glorious. And this being the second year, uh, June 2nd, every, every year is going to be uh, ALS day. Um, talk a little bit about that and, 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 and how you feel about MLB and the things, uh, pertaining to that. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, first of all, it was, it, and then the irony for me was, I think I got diagnosed on June 15th, 
which was a couple of weeks after Lou Gehrig's day, but I knew pretty much knew what was coming. So uh, for me, the coincidence irony was uh, rather large, but I was really excited that MLB um, made that step to uh, recognize uh, ALS as, you know, a disease that is associated with baseball through Lou Gehrig, clearly. There was a lot of work behind the scenes um, by a group of folks that are outside of baseball to make it happen. And I was really fired up that MLB put their arms around it. And now, as you said, every year on June 2nd um, will be Lou Gehrig's Day and the 30 clubs have wrapped their arms around the opportunity. Jim, how much did you know about Lou Gehrig's story growing up? And did you look into it further when you were diagnosed with ALS? Yeah, I, I loved all the history of baseball growing up. So I was well aware of Lou Gehrig, you know, and how good he was as a player. Um, I played with Cal Ripken. So as Cal was going towards Lou's former record, Right, we got to hear about Lou Gehrig on a regular basis. Um, but clearly, uh, the speech he gave uh, when he, a few weeks after being diagnosed with ALS, I remember hearing it, and I remember that that's a great speech. You know, luckiest man in the world. Um, you know, it seemed like well, that's a nice sentiment, but it seemed, seems a bit odd. But it's been interesting, Scott, that um, since being diagnosed, uh, I now understand what he was talk- talking about, the, uh, the rallying of support from friends, family, people I hadn't uh, touched in 20, 30 years. I get it now. Um, I understand what he meant by feel like going in man on the earth. I, I tell you, it's, um, again, it, it mainly due to the dramatics of this illness and, and honestly, the, the scarcity of it. Um, it's, yeah. it's a rare scenario. Uh, obviously Jim Catfish Hunter back in the day from the Oakland A's and, and, and the Yankees, um, succumbed to that. Uh, um, have you since been, Talking and, and your involvement, as we know, with M- MLA, uh, MLM, um, I'm sure that a lot of the guys have reached out um, and uh, been sending a lot of uh, encouragement. Yeah, there's been a lot of support through there, uh, for sure. Um, Chris Torgerson, who uh, runs one of our verticals um, for uh, Legend Entertainment Group, um, you know, it turns out he had a good friend that has ALS also. So Chris was very in tune with it. You know, I'm ex- I was super excited when he uh, came to MLAM and uh, and the group about uh, starting something this year called Member for a Day, uh, an opportunity for folks to get into a chance to play golf with uh, a bunch of different wild players um, across the country, you know, with the idea of raising awareness um, for ALS and also raising funds 
for both research and for um, all the support groups um, that are around the country. And I'll give a little more information on that for those listening with with interest in online charity auction. Yeah, it's once in a lifetime rounds of golf, baseball legends at their golf clubs. And a portion of the proceeds will be donated to Project ALS, ALS Cure Project, and the Jim Pool Scholarship Fund at Georgia Tech. And some of those golf packages include AJ Pruszynski, who's been on the show at Grove 23 in Florida, which is Michael Jordan's private golf club. Uh, golfing outings, others include Jim Cott, Johnny Damon, JT Snow, Hall of Famer Goose Gossage. And then I'm looking, I mean, it's, it's really incredible, Jim. Yeah, a huge list after this as well which includes Will Clark and Lou Pinella and uh, Ron Gardenhire, Clint Hurdle. So you know, what does it mean to you to have so many of your brethren, former players that are supporting you and, you know, both through, of course, like you said, conversations and then also, hey, action, let, let me get involved in any way that I can. And, you know, we feel fortunate, O and I, to be able to talk to you for a few minutes as well to spread awareness about something that, you know, I think really needs to be spread. Yeah, I've been touched and I've been humbled. Um, You know, a lot of guys on this list are people that were teammates or opponents um, managed against me. Uh, Clint Hurdle and I go all the way back to when I broke in, he was managing uh, St. Lucie Mets, and I was on the Vero Beach Dodgers uh, back in 89. Uh, so uh, it means a lot. It, you know, that we've often we've talked about baseball players being a tight community. Uh, one of the reasons in the MLBPA and now the, and the Alumni Association is so strong is that players develop a bond um, through their uh, uh, shared experiences and have guys like this step up, help um, not just me, but everybody with ALS now and in the future is huge, really touched. And I want to add to that um, because, you know, Jim Pools is a special person, a man that, that really kind of created a whole nother career as a, as an outstanding numbers guy, you know, in Atlanta and, and, and Scotty and, and everybody listening, he took the reins of M lamb, uh, as the, um, chairman and so creative, so, uh, insightful. Um, and he just notices so many things and, you know, we've leaned on him so much over the years, uh, myself being, uh, a part of that and, and on the board with him for shoot for the last 10, 10, 11, 12 years. So, I thank you for that and what you've done and, 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 and hopefully we'll continue to do. But um, that has helped not just, you know, uh, players that retired uh, 5, 10, 15 years ago, but guys that retired 30, 40, and 50 years ago. And, and you know that uh, how, how well uh, we've been able to do some, some positive things. Maybe just chat a little with us a little bit about that. Yeah, no question about it. Oh, um, M- MLAM was built to uh, give – uh, players an opportunity to um, make some money away from the field um, after their career and some even while they're playing. And, uh, you know, it's been the business been around for over 30 years, but I'd say it's been in the last 
10 or so that has really taken off, having a huge impact. Um, we have a group licensing program that um, gives guys enhanced to make some money, but also the opportunity just, you know, for the camaraderie of, uh, you know, being around their peers as they participate in different events. Um, the team that um, Dan Foster, the CEO that has built there, uh, is second to none. Um, they do a phenomenal job of, of uh, find, you know, when there's a problem overcoming it and now finding new ways to give our members um, the opportunity to, to make, some, make some money as they uh, you know, live after baseball. And if I just may add one quick thing, a reference to that, he said the last 10 years, that's basically when, you know, Jim Poole's been kind of, you know, heading uh, most of that uh, as our, as our chair, along with, you know, the other lighter and, and, and now, uh, you know, several others that have come, come aboard. But I will say that uh, even though it's the, the arm of, of kind of creating some, some monies for the players, especially guys that didn't make money back 30, 40 years ago, but it's also been phenomenal because we kind of are very judicious about, goodwill type things and almost yeah it's, it's it's a marketing arm but it's also giving back and it seems like most of the, the vehicles end up being kind of gracious things clinics and signings and things like that that uh, you know give back to the, to the fans because that's what baseball is about yeah i agree oh i mean you know our job is as we support the players is to support the alumni association in general and, you know, the Alumni Association as an entity is a phenomenal ambassador for the game. Um, we're able to kind of span both the current players and the ownership um, because really in the end our goal is to make baseball, um, to use baseball as a, an avenue to touch um, people across, the, really across the world. Yeah, I think about it as just a major impact on so many communities too, because it's another way to get players out there and connected and former players with their communities. So um, of course, that's why I'm here too. Big fan of what MLAM has been doing. And I know also just tying this into playing days. So you joined the board of the ALS Cure Project, which is a nonprofit established in 2019 to honor the memory of current major league outfielder, Stephen Piscotty's mother, Gretchen. So I also thought, and, and we can get into that, but I also thought about, you know, your career in sports. And I mean, this applies to anybody that participates in sports and obviously I work in it. So I'm a big believer in what sports teaches you and dealing with adversity and teamwork and all of the, you know, I think special components where you take a step back and look at, at the overall impact of sport. So I want to know for you, with fighting ALS, how sports, because you played it at the highest level, has enabled you to be such a fighter in what you're going through right now. And if it has, and, and honestly, yeah, if, if, if I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure it has, and you're a straight shooter. If not, yeah, <laughs> go for it. But I, I imagine that you can look back to a lot of what you've gone through in life through sports, and that's a motivating factor for you to keep fighting and and to live your life the way you're doing it right now which is you know to its fullest and and with the most positive attitude yeah no Scott I think you're right you're right you're my you know the experience I had 
um, playing definitely impact how I um, deal with this situation now. You know, as an athlete, whether it's individually what you're going through or dealing, you know, with your team, you know, you're you're always having to make adjustments to the unforeseen and overcome. Um, and quite honestly, while, you know, when hearing my uh, Dr. Jonathan Glass from memory is my doctor, when he made the diagnosis, while, you know, it was clearly a, you know, punch to the gut, you know, pretty quickly the next thing was, okay, what do we do? You know, how, you know, what's, what are our next steps? How do we deal with it? How do I make every day I have um, the best I can make it that day? Um, and, you know, just like being baseball, me with a team, I'm surrounded by incredible team, teammates, you know, starting with my wife, Kim, and my kids, Austin, Hayden, um, Courtney, and the, our, my daughter-in-law, Marilyn, and um, Caroline. They have been incredible in uh, making it <clears throat> really easy to want every day to being good because <clears throat> as I will remember, you know, when you have a team, you feel a responsibility to do what you can for them. Um, and, you know, while taking care of your own issues and this is no different. i tell you what, um, you said about him being a fighter. Uh, yeah, he definitely is. He's not only smart, but he's a fighter. In fact, I'll give you an example of a fighter. When he got called up in June uh, in 1990 by, by the, the Dodgers who had drafted him uh, out of uh, Georgia Tech. I know he's a proud Georgia Tech uh, right. Yellow Jacket. We'll talk about that because they're doing something special in here in a minute. But you know his first uh, hitter he faced was? He, he came in as a lefty to face one hitter against the San Diego Padres, a lefty. Who do you think it was? Oh, boy. Did you face... Tony okay. Gwynn. Tony Gwynn. And struck him that out. That was your first five a, first AB face? Y- yes. <laughs> he just got called, called up two days later. He mm-hmm. faces Tony Gwynn. He strikes out Tony Gwynn in five pitches, who like never struck out that one of the greatest of, course. of ever time. Uh, so yeah, he, 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 he's gutsy. And, uh, and, and, and your Chicago, excuse me, your Georgia Tech uh, have done something great for you over there. Tell us what, what's going on and, and uh, for your beloved alum. Uh, alumni yeah i've got um georgia tech alumni of georgia tech and they're also associated with a business i'm with called bip wealth um started a scholarship in my name uh for the baseball team um i did not know it was going to happen once again another opportunity for me to be touched and humbled and reminded how blessed i am but, uh, yeah, the scholarship is up and running. And in my last count, they were up to almost $300,000 uh, raised from the scholarship. Um, uh, I'm excited for me, you know, and something I'd always wanted to do personally. Um, Georgia Tech had a massive impact on my life, not just playing baseball, but uh, being a student there. Um, getting out of that school was maybe tougher than facing Tony Quinn. Uh, I told you before, Jimmy Poole, 
Um, every show we have a, uh, a little segment called No Way Jose. I know maybe you have, might have something uh, from your, maybe even your college days, you know, some hijinks or pranks that, 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 that suck with you. Oh, I got to tell you, I'm a boring person. <laughs> <laughs> Very boring. You CPAs, I tell you what, yeah. all numbers. <laughs> well, tell me, I, I have, I guess, one more baseball question for you, Jim. Yeah, I mean, you were playing at a time period where numbers, you know, they meant something, but they really are dissected and they have taken on a, a more powerful life in the game, so... I think for our No Way Jose, I'd love to get, you know, your thoughts on um, not even now. I'm saying back then, like how much you utilize numbers. And if, if that wasn't the case, that's that's, of course, OK, because I know it wasn't, you know, there it was more basic, I would say, back then. And also maybe uh, I mean, No Way Jose, how about facing Tony Gwynn as your first batter ever? A little more on that, because I'm sure, you know, you felt well, a little more facing a, a legend. There would be a little more behind that. Um, let's go there. <laughs> give you a little background on that. So, um, I was not in spring training with the major league club in 1990. So I knew when I got to the, the locker room, I knew maybe two people in the locker room. Um, so I'm out in the bullpen and they get called in as the 11th or 12th inning and I'm warming up the umpire stands with his back to me facing my catcher who is Rick Dempsey. And I'm, you know, I'm warming up. I see Rick looking up and all of a sudden I hear Rick go, hell, I don't know what he throws. I don't even know who he is. <laughs> uh, uh, so I'm out there and thinking, this is also a great start. And, you know, catcher didn't know who I'm at and who I am. You know, <laughs> oh, you already said then. You know, it worked out well. Tony never took the bat off his shoulders. Five pitches, he took all of them. Seriously, I am serious. I could not, I could, could not believe it. So, fair enough. Fair to say that Rick knew who I was after the at bat was over. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's, That's a wild. great story, Jimmy. That's really good. Holy See, there cow. you go. And and hey. I mean, after that point, once you face Tony Gwynn and you strike him out and he doesn't even take a swing, you probably go, all right, I can I can do this. I yeah. can do double digit seasons. In the I big. tricked that good. guy. I can trick anybody. <laughs> well, well, 19 days later, the Dodgers disagreed. And I double A. It's all right. You, you were back up later on uh, right. with a few teams. God bless you. Hey, speaking of uh, being back up, you're going to be uh, – I believe what a Camden Yards at Royal Ballpark uh, on June second uh, commemorating well, ALS. Is that where you'll be? That's right. Uh, I'm really excited to go back to Camden Yards. Uh, yeah. I appreciate that they've uh, asked me and my family to participate um, on Luke Eric's Day, so I'm looking to be, be back there in a few weeks. Well, awesome, Jim, bro. We really appreciate the time, and it's special to talk to you. And you know, keep fighting the fight, and we're here for you. Oh, yeah, he will. And we're, 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 our thoughts and prayers and, and just well wishes are with you, brother. And that, and that, uh, that, that does help. And uh, God bless you. And, you know, I love you, brother. And, guys, I really appreciate the time. Thank you for spreading the word. Um, and best of luck with this new show. I'm excited to see where you take it.
Oh, incredible, inspiring, and I can't say it enough. It, it is not easy for Jim Poole to speak for a long period of time right now. So we thank him for you know getting his message out and speaking more about ALS. And I will say just to double down on the conversation at one point, because this is how you can contribute to a good cause. Go dot member for a day dot co you can bid for a number of experiences with former big leaguers like will clark raleigh fingers clan hurdle mike rizzo obviously some are gms coaches etc goose gossage aj Przinski, and some of these golf outings that you're gonna that you can play with um these these greats these former baseball great some of these golf addings are at some premier destinations to lupinella sure. there, there are a lot of names here but it um, proceeds to the als association so again uh, say that say that again Poole. one more time give, give that the website one more time scotty yeah absolutely go dot m-e-m-b-e-r-f-o-r-a-d-a-y dot c-o go dot member for a day dot c-o that's classic bro i mean uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen whoever's uh into you know wanting to do some really cool out of the box type things this is the time this is the um, the event this is the charity uh please help out and uh go go to it and with that here's kurt schilling on his relationship with raising awareness for als Six-time All-Star, three-time World Series champ, a one World Series MVP, overall postseason legend. And I mean legend, like one of the most clutch pitchers ever. But today, Kurt Schilling joins us in the lounge to continue our conversation about Jim Poole and ALS awareness. Kurt, great to talk to you. And I want to get right into the topic because we're coming off of our conversation with Jim and it's very much on our minds, especially this week. So First off, what's your relationship like with Jim and what do you know about his story? So Jim and I crossed paths in 99 uh, in Philadelphia. Um, I know the story. I've been involved. My wife and I have been involved with ALS. And, and, and by the way, I really despise the fact that this is the reason that we're talking. Um, uh, having been around and associated with. And let me just start by saying I've never had anybody in my family, thank God, that has had ALS. Uh, I met a patient. And it was that easy and that simple. Once you meet a patient, you can't walk away. Um, but I played with Jimmy for in 99. Um, and uh, you know what? I've always said it. Left-handers are different. Uh, most of them are just fruitcakes. Um, he was no different. Fruitcake, definitely. Um, but he was a lefty. He was a very, uh, I, he was a very stoic guy. Like J- Jimmy never threw hard. So Jimmy was that crafty guy. Uh but those were always, in my mind, I always enjoyed being around guys like that, talking to guys like that, because they had to go much deeper psychologically and mentally to get their outs than a guy that could throw 98 and 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 just kind of reach back and throw it by you. And, you know, I, he was a good teammate. He was a great guy. Um, and, you know, my heart breaks for him and for his family and for his extended family and for the community and for baseball, because Jimmy's, you know, maybe a lot of people don't know, Jimmy's been very influential after his career in ma- for major league baseball players um, being on the board with, and, and Orestes knows that. And, 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 uh, but anytime 
somebody and, and i've said it before you know i i don't have a i don't hate anything uh it takes too much energy but i, I whatever the strongest feeling i could have for disliking someone i wouldn't wish anything remotely close to als on anybody ever given what i've seen and and what i've what i've uh, watched people endure kurt man it's good to hear your voice it's good to see you, you again buddy it's been a minute and um uh, you are now not only you know one of the legends in the last you know 20 30 years but uh, also a very cerebral ball player, very smart okay. ball player. Talk about, you know, Jimmy Poole and, and, and how smart he was. Uh, you were both en engaging and interesting and, and, and uh, you know, articulate, but, but, but a, a beast on the mound. That being said, you know, having to be a beast, you, first of all, man, I commend you. 30 years, most people that are, that, you know, that into something this dramatic, like a cancer, ALS, uh, you know, leukemia, had most 99% of the time had somebody close to them, whether it's family or friend that, that, uh, you know, went through it. But so I commend you for, for just taking that, that, uh, leap and, and, uh, supporting it. So tell us about it. Cause most people, yeah. it's such a rare thing. What yep. is the deal with it? So, so basically the, the thing to explain, uh, it's called amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And basically what happens is, uh, you and I, uh, normal people, uh, who haven't been affected by it, uh, our brain talks to our body. And it does so by sending uh, neurons from the brain to the muscles. You, you know, you say, I, I'm going to move my hand. My brain's telling me to move my fingers. Well, if I have ALS, I'm not doing anything different. My brain's still sending the signal to my hand to move, but their motor neurons don't work. So basically, it's, it's like uh, taking... Uh, uh, plugging in a light and then cutting out the switch, cutting the wire at the plug and the light. There, there is no uh, transition, and it, it, it um, you, you'll, you, well, basically, you know what happens when you don't use a muscle; it starts to atrophy, and it starts to, to, to uh, uh, ball up, um, and that's what happens. And basically, uh, it, it generally, uh, it, some people, it, the average lifespan, I think, is still three and a half years uh, from diagnosis. Most people, uh, and it's better now. When I first got into it uh, in '92, and again. We met a patient named Dick Bergeron, and uh, or you remember that point in your career when you I, I don't know where, where it was for you, but I, we had a, a point in time where we were like, I had had my first good year. Um, financially, we were in a good situation. We wanted to do something sure. um, and we didn't want I, I you know, people always say I'm a, I'm a, a multi time cancer survivor. So is my wife. And that people always say. You know, wow, doesn't that give you perspective? And I say, no, it didn't. I didn't have to get cancer to get perspective. I, I, I don't need someone to be sick to get perspective or someone to die. Or, and most of that came from dealing with people with ALS. Because when you deal with a person that has ALS 99 times out of 100, in a room full of people, that person is the most uplifting, uh, jovial, uh, happy-go-lucky person in the world. And, and it didn't take long for me to really register that these people – uh, they see the end of the tunnel and they refuse to acknowledge it and they live uh, their best lives. And, you know, Pete Frades, uh was a baseball player at BC who passed away. He did the ice bucket challenge um, and raised hundreds of millions of dollars for ALS. And, and one of the things I remember when Pete was diagnosed and Pete was diagnosed at, I think 20 something. Um, and I had faced Pete that spring training BC came down to play us and I faced Boston college and faced him. And so we were friends and 
one of the things that I said to Pete and I've, I've said to every patient that I've ever met and, and some it helps, I guess, and maybe some it doesn't, but you have a chance to impact the world in ways you never dreamed of now. And Pete did exactly that. He spent his, the rest of his life, what little was left of it, going out and making a difference in the world. And some people choose to do that. And other people choose to just kind of live with their family and, 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 and be alone. And neither one is, is wrong. Um, but it's amazing to see what the disease can do. And again, it doesn't affect a person. It affects a, a town, a community, um, a, a much larger extended family because it's physically devastating, financially devastating, and psychologically, I can't even imagine. And you speak so well about it. And it's really enlightening to hear the way that you've been impacted by it and some of the experiences you've had with it. And so much so, Kurt, that it also carried into what you were doing on the field. So can you run through the decisions that you made for things yeah. like your pitch for ALS and also writing KL ALS on your shoe, which, you know, back then I think raised a ton of awareness. And I want to make sure that anyone that missed that, you know, the youngsters know about it now. Right. So, uh, well, we started uh, Kurt's pitch for ALS right that, that year. And basically I pledged a hundred dollars a strikeout, a thousand dollars a win for the rest of my career. Uh, I didn't know I was going to be punching out 300 guys a year. Um, might have made <laughs> good, good for you. <laughs> but, but, uh, that, and again, that was in the grand scheme of things, that wasn't a lot of money for somebody making as much as we were. And then we, we started a golf tournament uh, in Arizona that carried through to uh, when I got traded or in Philadelphia, it carried to Arizona and then to Boston when I went there. Um, and we raised, I, you know, I think we ended up giving north of 10 million total um, uh, over wow. the, that 15 years. Um, and then, uh, but, but, but again, it was never, it was never a challenge. Once I, once you meet somebody with ALS and it was really, God works in mysterious ways, man. And the, the day that I met uh, a, a lady named Ellen Phillips, who ran, ran the Philadelphia chapter, who lost her husband to ALS, she introduced that she would, a, Phillies have a, an ALS event every single year on an off day. And, and that might not mean a lot, but, but Arrestus understands when you ask players to do something on off day, you generally don't get a lot of buy-in. Um, but this is an event that had a lengthy history. Phillies had a lengthy history with ALS. And so, uh, Ellen introduced me to this gentleman and I had just started golfing in 92. I had just started playing golf and the gentleman that I met, uh, Mr. Bergeron, he noticed the first symptoms when he was on the golf course and he talked about the fact he was putting and all of a sudden he couldn't grip his putter with his lower left hand. And, and it, I don't know why, but it resonated with me. And I went up to Ellen after that meeting and said, I wanted to be involved. And, and we did, we started, we, we did a poster. We did a couple posters. Um, that raised money. We did a lot of stuff. And then, you know, you, you, you go to, uh, 04 and, uh, the ankle thing happens. And for four or five days before game six, I remember thinking, you know, the whole world's going to be looking at my ankle and, <laughs> right. and whatnot. And I thought, you know, I could probably do something kind of, I was going to do something funny or something stupid. I, I didn't know. I didn't want to do anything political. So I, I thought, you know, the thing that I care about most outside of the game, is, is this cause. And uh, I'm proud as hell at the fact that those shoes are still in the Hall of Fame and being seen by people every day that go through there. And, and, and uh, you know, that was, uh, and, and I mean, it, it took me 30 seconds to write it on my shoe. It wasn't, I didn't really 
do anything. I but but I recognized uh, the 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 publicity and and I, I tried to maximize the exposure for LS and and I think it did did all right. Did all right. It did great, brother. And it, it was a you know uh, Instagram before Instagram. You know what I mean? The yeah. thing went well, viral you know and everybody watched we, it and uh, and, and, and it went huh. We could sit here and lament on the fact, you know, in this day and age, everybody likes to look at the negative. And you could talk about the fact, you know, baseball should have done Lou Gehrig Day 50 years ago. They, the fact of the matter is it's, it's there now and it's happening now. And, you know, I, there's a couple of things as it relates to ALS. I, I firmly believe based on, uh, on, the, on my experiences with patients that, 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 there's, that brain trauma is, is a contributing factor. That's just me. Uh, when you look at the number of guys from the NFL that have had it um, and, and, and died from it, when you look at uh, combat veterans that have it and get it, I think there's also, I think there's a significant tie-in between MS, Alzheimer's, ALS, uh, muscular, and all these neurological illnesses. I think as we progress in research on any one of the four to five, all five benefit. And I think that's what we're seeing now. We're starting to see... Uh, and it's and the sad part. The hard part is it's always about money and it just is you, you, they need money for research for grants and all the things that go with that. And, and that just doesn't change, but somewhere out there is the dollar that's going to fix it. Amen. And I, I choose to believe that dollar is, is close at hand. So Kurt, what's next? I mean, is there anything on the horizon that There's you a- would like to do? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of experimental drugs, obviously, going, uh, and there's a lot of treatment drugs for ALS. Um, we have a very dear friend of ours who, uh, 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 it's called SMA, spinal muscular atrophy, and it's basically the childhood form. You're born with it uh, as a child. Um, he's 26 years old now. You're not supposed to live past 13 or 14. Uh, just wow. got a college degree, uh, but he's starting to see potential reversal. Um, to the point where he's gotten some feeling back in some, some limbs, like stuff that two years ago, you wouldn't even have thought remotely possible. Uh, it's happening. It's happening. It's, it's just so expensive and so time consuming. It's not like the COVID vaccine. They, they need years and years of research and study and, 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 uh, you know, placebo groups and all those things. So, um, it's just about money. Keep raising money, keep raising awareness. And you know what? Uh, that, that brings uh, us to uh, the auction uh, coming up, the, uh, the auction membership thing. You, you can uh, talk a little bit about that and uh, get, get a, a free day of uh, being around some superstars. Well, listen, I learned that when you get athletes involved in stuff like this, you can offer things that are not, there's literally priceless. And not, not only that, but you, they're one of a kind and you can't get anywhere else. And all you have to do, I don't, you guys give the website address or, or where people can go to look uh, and get details. But the fact of the matter is there are things here that uh, are bucket list things. A lot of them end up being bucket list things because they're just that unique. Um, and getting to spend time with potentially your hero, your icon, your kid's favorite player, or somebody you're just fascinated by. You know, if I go, if I went back in time, my day would be to spend a day with Willie Stargell. You know, uh, 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 you're a pirates guy, right? Born and raised, but but uh, um, th- this kind of auction and the money again, 
one of the reasons that we are and have been involved with ALS and got involved with the Philadelphia chapter was uh, recognition of the fact that most of the funds, a significantly large portion of the funds go right into the cause. There is very, there's overhead, but it's minimal. And, and ALS on a, on a local chapter basis uh, and a national chapter basis has always pushed to make that the case. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for what you're doing for this cause and for sharing a lot of really valuable information. Well, thank you. It's good to see you guys. And, and, and obviously to Jimmy and the family, God bless and our prayers and thoughts are with them. What'd you think, though? I mean, Kurt was not directly affected by this disease, you know, say within the family, but I just thought his words were so strong and emphatic about the fact that as soon as he was introduced to this disease by people that he visited in hospital and just being around it, he said immediately, I told myself, I need to do what I can to help spread the word, raise money for this and put this to bed because this is a ridiculous disease. It's, it's absolutely awful. And it was, of course, inspiring to talk to Jim Poole about this as well. Brother, this both were one with Jimmy Poole being where he's at uh, with how harsh in basically a year's time, uh, not even a year. It was uh, July of last year that, that he got the news. If I'm not mistaken, the 15th is what he mentioned. Um, and then be where he's at, but then still be able to come on with us and, and say what he did, share what he did, promote what he did, and and give life and, and realness to this. Um, you know how I felt. You can hear it in the interview. It, it shook me. As far as Kurt, knowing Kurt offhandedly, you know, as, as Scotty B, you know, we as a foreign player or doing with a player and you being around players and, you know, and you played yourself in your time in amateur ball and whatever, um, you don't really get to know, you think, you know, somebody, but you really don't. And, and Kurt took another step in the pages of goodness in my book and the things that he said, how concise he was, how contrite he is about this. Um, man, I, I check off kudos to him 30 years in doing this Scotty and millions of dollars. And, uh, he suffered himself with cancer, both him and his wife. So he understands duress and he understands passion and empathy. He's doing a great job. And thanks to both of them. And I mean, there's no good way to move on to our weekly ordeals, but we'll do it right. We'll do our this yes, week in baseball right now. And I think this one is quite honorable for, you know, being an Ironman in, in the game itself, but also having a perspective of, of what that means in life. Like who, you know, the, the people that are really grinding through things right now, who they are versus, and I think this man, will be the first to tell you like I was just going out playing a game and that's Cal Ripken Jr. So May 30th, 1982, right? Like I feel like I can confidently say that, you know, 66 career game for Cal that started his streak of wow. 2,632 consecutive games started over at the hot corner. He was batting eight that day for the Orioles. But you know, my point here, like kind of giving you two uh, layers. One is incredible accomplishment beyond incredible will not be broken in my mind That's one of those unbeatable streaks and then right. on the other side of things like in the grand context of what this episode is like he's going out there playing a game and was fortunate to have the good health to go along with it and the record he broke none other 
than Lou Gehrig's. Exactly. So uh, it's just fitting that on the same week, we have a beautiful person like Jim Poole. We have an incredible supporter like, like Kurt Chilling. And then the rip, a uh, guy that I have gotten to know. And man, was he special? Was he perfect for that? Um, Scotty B. And again, what, it just I, I'm getting goosebumps to think that May 30s, 40 years ago, he started that trek. Cal, you are the beast of the beast, man, the true goat. Oh, this was a heavy one. It really was, Scotty B. But you know what? It was um, it was enlightening. It, it, it was um, informational. And yeah, it was passionate. And, and, and you know, I teared up, no doubt, for, for the love that I have for Jim Poole. But um, sometimes you have to listen to words to people that are going through these type of traumas, these type of debilitating scenarios, and, and, uh, and hear their their battle in their in their voice and that's what jimmy Poole had and then kurt uh, kurt uh, chilling just was all every bit of chilling is when i faced him and and now in what he's doing what he's done god bless kurt and definitely jimmy Poole. lounge is always open to raise awareness for als this week especially a special day if you're listening to this episode when it when it comes out it's wednesday the first but otherwise june the second is Lou Gehrig Day. With that, the lounge is closed. We'll see you next week. The Legends Lounge Podcast is brought to you by Major League Alumni Marketing. Hit us with questions or comments at legendslounge at mlbpaa.com. Check out our memorabilia at mlamauthentics.com. Later, legends.